Yes, sir. Yeah. What, man? Killed the whole vibe already. Shut up. Yeah, dang, man. You got your clipboard out. You ain't got to make plays right now, man. Man, leave me alone. (laughs) Let's get started, man. I'm sorry. Oh, man. We're back. Episode four. Bridging the Gap podcast. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here with our crazy ass. (laughs) Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, I feel like I'm held hostage. Come on, man. You was late too, man. On top of that, if if anybody knows Coach King, if you show up just a few minutes late, he gonna give you a lecture. He gonna a little. Come on. Depending now. on who you are, it's gonna be passive aggressive. He gonna make sure you cool. Passive aggressive. But he gonna be like, look, man. You know, I had to go through this before. It happened five, ten years ago before this and this happened. So make sure you're here. He had us waiting thirty minutes. How long are we here, Zaheb? Zaheb is our camera guy from Collective. Four so, hours. So don't four co- hours. Don't co-sign that. <laughs> Everybody knows I'm still a little sick. <laughs> so, yeah, you can hear it in my voice. It's a little nasal. You know? so, so, so now, three weeks, man? <laughs> Dang. I don't have to give the world my, my uh, medical diagnosis. I'm just saying I was sick. Man. Yo. Man, so I'm not as fast as I used to be. And I had some things I had to take care of. Man, these old Let heads. Live, these old, old heads, man, with their excuses, man. Dang. Yeah. If y'all are just joining in for the first time, um, we're not all this is this is just this is love. This is our love language. We don't hate each other. This is love. This is all good. This is my OG. Um, he was my high school coach. Now he's my international business partner, mentor, family, all that good stuff. You know, that's Julian King. Uh, I'm Ryan Yates. We are here in Dubai, right? And you can't tell from right here, but we're in Dubai. You know, we've been here going on two years now, building a basketball bridge. Three years, man. Three years? Three years, man. 2019. Three. I mean, I mean, the year not over yet. I just, you know, we got to be careful what we look forward to. We learned that already, right? Two two years going on three, uh, building a basketball brand, Who Mountain Dubai, Who Mountain DXB on Instagram, Who Mountain.ae online. Um, and there's a new website out right now. So let me find that. Let me see. Round of applause. Man, we've been through, this is our third website. And it's been a lot of building. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's get it right. Let's, our second website. That right. first one, that wasn't even a website. Man. Oof. Oof. And, and this digital age, you know, entrepreneurship and everything that you're learning, all those things matter. Like, you know, back in the day, if you didn't want to have to, you know, revert to the digital stuff, you didn't have to. You know, you can go hand to hand and get it right. But now your digital footprint is important. So, you know, we took some time to get it right. And man, am I happy to be done with them damn calls. <laughs> <laughs> man, having to build that from from head to toe. Every word, every color, every line, every space. Headache. But it's there. Cry me a river, man. You ain't going through all those invoices like I was going through. Listen. I can start rebuilding my site, my vision back now. <laughs> I'm struggling looking at all that stuff. No, nah, that's real. That's real. But if you guys are here, know that um, our platform that we put together is like a, one is like a diary for us, a journal. Um, Coach and I, we are here. It's a relationship. I know him since I was 15. Um, you know, we don't want to put numbers on it, right? But we've been through the fire together, through different things. And um, our journey led us to Dubai to build a business together, surrounded about around basketball. 
Um, so this podcast was really a way for us to um, talk the way we talk and have been talking in the car since I was 14 after games, after practice, and show it and share it because we don't get people. You just said, you, I've known you since you was 15, so now you said since it was 14. Yeah, you know, it's in between, right? You know, ninth grade, I'm my birthday's in February, so I probably met you when I was 14, but three months to 15, you know, something like that. It's probably it's, like 25 when I first met you. Man, nah, nah, it's not, I don't have a basketball sport age. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, this is a different space. You know, he's 20 years my senior, um, and we don't have enough moments where our OGs can sit and talk with us and hear us out. Like, it's a real conversation. Um, I will say I earned that right, though. You know, I had to sit a lot for a long time, over a decade, not being able to say nothing and just listening. <laughs> and now, you know, we here, we can we can kick the bucket. No, what's it say, kick the shit to that? So you never had a voice? Man, listen, come on, man. We know, we know it's- Remember, I took a lot of flack from certain people saying, you let Ryan Yates get away with everything. Look, I mean, that's me shooting the ball. No, no, that ain't no, no, got no. nothing everything, to do with everything. No, man. Why is why is Ryan Yates not in study hall? That's because I had uh, three point nine. Right, right. That one won't be getting away. But people were getting <laughs> on me about that, though. They're thinking that you was getting special privileges. You soft. That's what it was. You worried about what they think? No, nah, they was. Trust me, it was it was affecting my job. <laughs> you know, I can care less. You know that. But, yeah. But when it's coming from the top superintendent, yeah. what can you do? People always got something to say. And they don't know the full story, right? They don't have a clue. Um, but what we're here now to do is talk basketball, talk life, you know, and share both perspectives and, you know, give everybody a chance to, you know, look at some things a little bit different. Give balance to what's already been put out there. There's a lot of stuff out there that's, you know, kind of uh, garbage. So we're trying to bring some balance to the situation. So quickly. I'm throwing them out. Throwing that term around. You know, it's garbage. real though. My 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 boys told us we was being too PC. It was like, listen, the the people that come out with the fraud stuff, they don't care. <laughs> y'all out here playing it safe, and we need y'all to be authentic and go ahead. So here we are now. <laughs> How you feeling, OG? I'm good. I'm good. I, actually, I'm I'm feeling a lot better. Man, my medicine's kicking in for sure. Yeah. You know, and just for those of you who know that. Saturday night, me and the youngsters gave Coach Ryan a beating that he hadn't had in a while. And um, <clears throat> you hear my voice a little bit, I feel, you know, from yelling all day. And um, we beat him into submission. <laughs> he quit. He quit. Man. I ain't playing no more with them. They, they, ain't, they ain't come to play. Listen. I've never seen you act like that. Listen, we played two games. <laughs> Y'all won two games, man. We, we played two games. And you quit. We had to let the kids play three on three. You quit. We had to let them have a moment. It was a teaching moment you for them. You quit. You know, I almost choked one of them. That's, yeah. that's when I had to remember. My competitive nature is a little bit different. We're still trying to, you know, rub that Dubai, um, um, what is it called? Dubai, I don't know, I don't want to call it stench, but that Dubai comfort zone off the kids a little bit because they just be chilling. Acting like extension what, comfort are two different. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I, cause I'm thinking of um, <laughs> of Pusha T when he told Drake. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Of. The extension still on it, but you know, they they still got that comfort during where they just be chilling. Like you, you turn the ball over. Let's get back. Like let's move. Let's have a sense of urgency. I'm trying to win. I mean, but they're probably like in shock because you're yelling at them so much. Man, I don't care. Suck it up. 
<laughs> tired of it. Yeah. You, know, you got a couple wins. You got two wins. So you know, I got. I actually got three, and then you quit, and I said I might as well quit. Then. Then uh, you, you got a little. The AC was rocking in the gym, so you know when you get a sub, and you got to sit. <laughs> Them joints don't loosen up like they used to. <laughs> it get crazy. It's all right. You you three and eleven. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's all good. Only as good as your last game. Bro. Yeah, right. I hear you. But you know what they say. You, you live to fight another day. So we that's, shall see. That's right. We shall see. Um, but it sounds like you're good. Good health. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I got to tell you the truth, man. I'm, I I need I need to wild out. What you mean? I, need, I just need like, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, we come from... You know how our lives has been, right? Like the basketball, the travel, the experiences we've had, what we've been able to do, places we've been able to go, and just the fun we've been able to have with, you know, the access you get from being a basketball player and then going to college and seeing things and have different friends. Like, I'm ready to go do something. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been work, 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 work. I'm ready to go do something. I'll jump out of plane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go go do something, you know, like Jeski, whatever. Like go feed some tigers. Like I'm about ready for some action. And we in Dubai to where you literally could do every one of those things. Yeah, you could do this. Like around the color around the corner. Well, see, I'm I'm mm, past that, you know. I'm just work, sit at home, <laughs> read a book, listen to some music. You know, chill out. I don't need all this. You're a damn liar, man. Sit here, lot. Sit. Here, look, look. That's your camera right there. Go ahead, look into that camera right there. Thrill seeker over here. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, look into that camera right there. And if you, I'm telling you, I'm going to put this up and I'm going to pass it out and I'm going to ask the people that know you. And they're going to be like, yeah, JK has always been well reserved. <laughs> Listen, I numerous times and it's you know. It's documented. I come in here and say every time I used to call you using a, a different part of the country or a relaxing, different part of the yeah, world. I'm relaxing, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I seen you white water rafting. I seen you doing all the I seen the pictures. Come on. You know? I seen People you know what? Photoshop that stuff. You know what? It's okay. It's okay. I <laughs> we, so we, gonna we, set me up for something. <laughs> you gonna make you gonna make up some stuff, say that's me. <laughs> I'm not gonna, gonna make up anything. Yeah, some some middle age. Uh, overweight black dude, I can say that's me. <laughs> hey, I got pictures, you know. I got pictures, you know. But but for real though, I need a, I need some action. You know what I'm saying? I need I need to do something. I'm out here losing my mind, you know, being too focused and too locked in. I need to need some balance, you know. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm definitely thinking about doing is um some something real irresponsible. What? Saying effort to bills in America. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's been ro- rotating in my mental Rolodex for fifteen, twenty years now. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, but you got to make sure you're in a space where you don't have to go back. Listen, I'm sitting here looking at it right, and I'm like, all right, which one of these things really matter? And I'm not high on the government's list for anything. For anybody, you know, I think taxes is already paid and all that good stuff. What's a little hundred dollars here that I don't pay to them. What they gonna do? Come extradite me from Dubai because I ain't pay a hundred dollar bill. Right. Nah. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna save that for myself and I'm gonna have a little fun. <laughs> look, rent, rent here is paid for. You know, the air is on, the water is on, electricity is on. Well, let me trick it off the rest of these next two months, right? Like Irresponsible. what you gonna do, America? <laughs> what we gonna do, man? 
No, not too bad. Um, but let's get into what we're here to do, talk about, though, right? We're talking basketball. Um, Zahabe, let me move you back a little bit. Um, so, first off, our hoop stars. We had our hoop star shootout, um, and that was interesting. <laughs> how how do you feel like that went? Uh, I think it went well because we had a lot of kids that hadn't had a chance to play in that type of environment before, um, where it's close close quarters with parents right there next to the court, almost as if they have you know um, you know courtside seats at a you know NBA game, and um, we had. <clears throat> fast-paced games where we had, you know, both, you know, we made sure we subbed the right way where we had equal talent on the floor and kids got after it. Kids got emotional. You know, kids were up and down in terms of like happy one moment, you know, sad the next moment. And uh, uh, a lot of life lessons to, to be learned that day in terms of playing sports. But uh, I think it went really well. Yeah. I think it went really well. Yeah, it was, it, I just got the uh, the images and the videos from um, the event. And this week, you know, we got over 500 pictures and 300 videos. So I'm gonna use all that content probably for the next three months. But when the parents get to see what we put together and, and you know, the, just the faces, you know, the one thing about pictures is they, they tell a story that sometimes right. you can't understand um, through words. And man, there was a lot of happy faces out there, a lot of enjoyment, you know, every emotion possible was being felt. Um, one of the, like you said, a lot of lessons. Yeah. One thing that I, we talked about at the end of the shootout as we had our talk with the kids was, for most of our kids, this is the first time they go through adversity. Right. Right, like Dubai is a different space. Dubai is amazing because kids can be kids, right? Like they don't have to worry about a lot of the things we worried about. They just be kids. But what it also means is they have to get their life lessons in different ways. Elsewhere. More healthy ways, which is a blessing. Right. But they got to get them somewhere. And so now when they're, you know, with a group of people around a lot of people, whether they fail or succeed in front of them, they have to deal with that and how that makes them feel. Some of them want to run away. <laughs> Some of them don't know how to react. So, you know, that was dope. That's why we do this, right? Right. right. You know, so sure. we can teach them those lessons. You know, and they got to play. And they can't just come and just train twice a week. You got to play. Mm -hmm. You got to be able to uh, apply what you've learned in a game atmosphere and uh, see where you are. That's mm -hmm. a true judge of, um, you know, where you've come as a player and where you're going to go. Mm -hmm. And it helps us with coaching and training so much more. Because now, now they understand what game speed is. Right, right. And having an imagination. A little more, you know, after you turn the ball over two or three times, now you're a little more attentive in practice when, when coach is teaching you ball protection and things like that. So, yeah. yeah, it was definitely good, especially for the younger group. Yes, yes, and and the, and that's like the most important, right? Because we got to keep them in there for the future. Yeah, and keep them growing. So, shout out to our hoop stars and our hoop stars parents. Thank you for riding with us. Right. They look through thick and thin. You know, through changes, through issues with with um, back channel stuff, they're still around. Right. You know, so thank you guys. Um, can't wait until you guys see these pictures and videos. Uh, NBA. Mm. Now, right now on the top of the league, uh, record-wise, are the Wizards and the Warriors, at least, you know, as of today, in which we're recording. The Wizards yeah. and Warriors. Now, 
every day that I look at um, YouTube to catch up with First Take or the NBA TV or anything, all I hear about is the Warriors. Why Why is nobody talking about the Wizards? I mean, they're top in the East. They're killing it, right? Why is no energy and no love for the Wizards? Like I'm saying, they they doing their thing. You know, it's like nine and three last time I looked, right? Making things happen, got some solid wins, you know. Because, because everybody knows. What they know, man. It's Fugazi. <laughs> you know, you know it's Fugazi. One shot ho. Come on, man. <laughs> One shot ho. Let's see. November now, mid-February, they'll be back to normal. It is early, ain't it? Early. It's November. People are still trying to work out certain things, you know. There's a lot of issues with some of the East Coast teams right now. And the Wizards are doing what they're supposed to do. They're taking advantage of that and 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 stacking up wins. They're supposed to do that, you know, but come on, we all know, man. That we can't give them like some credit. Stop, man. Stop. Don't don't I'm saying, you know. What credit are you gonna give them? I'm saying I know, I know what it is. The the Warriors are on top of the league, Wizards are on top of the East, right? Right? They both teams have start with the letter W. So that's that's, that's the only correlation. That's what, they have, that's what they have in common, okay? Stop playing, man. That's the only correlation. So on, they said the Warriors got a chance to win it all. The Wizards ain't got that chance. They ain't got no Eastern Conference Finals aspirations, like none of that. Come on, man. Man, I, you know, I mean, somebody- Would it be nice to see them? Yeah, it'd be nice. I, I, I put up your video saying that uh, Bradley Bill was going to dip. And somebody, people was like, that don't even make sense. Wizards fans, real Wizards fans. Like, that don't even make sense. Like, Bradley Bill's been up here saying, I love D.C. I want to be here. I want to make it happen here. Bradley Bill's a great PR person. <laughs> man. You let, let them stop dropping some games, and he'll be back. He'll be miserable again. People forget about that. He got Kuzma and Dinwiddie now, and Harold. You know what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. They ain't, they upgraded. Yeah. For sure, but. KCP. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be. They gonna... All right, so where the Wizards finishing then? If right now, as of November, with both of those teams, the Warriors and the Wizards at the top of the conferences, where do you see them finishing come April? I can see them getting the seventh or eighth spot. Ooh, okay. Because so everybody. They, every... the, so they play in. They play in battle. Yeah, everybody else is going to ride the ship before long. Yeah. You know, James Harden is slowly getting back. Yeah. You know what I mean? With Milwaukee and Atlanta still. Eh. They're gonna they're gonna get it together. Yeah. Trey Young just had 42 a night. He the, yeah. the other guy's gonna catch up and get it yeah. get it going, you know. It, trust me. Seven or eight seed for the Wizards. Yeah. What about the Warriors? Top five. They're definitely in the West, they're definitely gonna be a um top four seed for sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I can see it. I mean, easily. I mean, I I, can, I don't see them dropping, <clears throat> I don't see them falling off the cliff, but they'll slow down soon. Let's slow down soon. You know, once you know everybody kind of gets into a groove, because um, a lot of teams are experimenting right now. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys are injured, and uh, it's too early to rush people back. It is very early. You no, know? so well, I mean, the Lakers. We just got a W against the Spurs, and I I watched the highlights. Tht is back. Oh, really? Yes, and he's back in the starting lineup too, which I, I like. He adds a different dimension. He has a different dimension. I'm I can't wait to see when Nunn is back as well, mm. and when Ariza comes back and we're fully healthy. I am. Last night was good because AD was assertive and aggressive. He had 27 and like 15 in the first half, right? So we that, that's the same shit we talk about. You showing us that you can do it. Why are you picking the time and day? 
maybe like everybody else, it's early, pacing yourself, whatever, because you're that good. But you know, but I, I do feel good about where we're where we're heading though. Because I like the fact that Melo has, has caught a rhythm early in the year and that Monk has got it together as well. And Wade Ellington hit like six threes. Um, the only thing for me, as it always has been, is AD. If AD is solid, even with everything else around him, we're good. And you know Bron going to be Bron. Well, I, it's always made me wonder, when LeBron isn't playing, AD should just go in beast mode anyway. Just because he wants to assert himself and say that <clears throat> that um, I am an alpha male, you know I am the lead. I am one of the better players in the league, and um, it's about that time anyway where he's supposed to carry them through the season and, and be vying for MVP, and and then in the finals, you know that's when he still does his thing, but LeBron comes in and you know is able to put the you know icing on the cake, and um, you know but he's he's got to do it, you know. That's it. Yeah, and, and there's nothing holding him back except him. And you talk about the MVP race, right? Right now, number one is KD. Steph is two. Joker is three. And then rounding off the top five is um, PG and DeRozan. PG. Right. But like you said, right now with the situation Lakers is in, are in, and with LeBron hurt and LeBron pacing himself through the year anyway, AD should be top three. Right. All year. He should be going between one, two, and three all year of MVP right. conversation and defensive player of the year conversation. Right. It shouldn't even be a question. It should have been like automatically dropped in there. But we don't know. That's the next step in your career. You need to, you should be an MVP player right now. Like it should be no question that you're the best in the league or at least the best player on the best team because we know not, not the best player always gets the MVP. Right. But, you know. But we got time though. It's November. And I never jump ship. I, I'm still sticking with it. We winning the chip. We winning all of it. I'm still there. I'm just, you know, I just see better days, right? <laughs> with that said, who do you think is going to be MVP out of that five? I like the fact that PG is getting some love because he is doing his thing. He remind me of Pippen, that year that Pippen played without uh, MJ. Yeah. It's Joker, PG. DeRozan, is it? Yeah. DeRozan, okay. Because the Bulls have been killing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still going easy money. Yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, it just looks too easy. <laughs> Come, on, Come on, man. You talk about nicknames a lot. Where are you putting easy money sniper at? Oh, that's, that's up there? Yeah. Sure. That's smooth. It fit perfectly, too. Yeah. That's, that's I, heavy. You know, I like the, um, his old name, too, because, uh, you know, he just covered a lot of space when whenever he decided. Durantula. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Right? I mean, you got to think about like. Yeah, Slim Reaper. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's got. See, when you got multiple nicknames like that, that means you're a bad man. Yeah, Cold Killer Walk. That's, bad that's for sure. Speaking of bad men, um, Scotty Pippen has been on a nice press run. You know, this wasn't even on the docket, but <laughs> you like to talk about the old head stuff. And, you know, you in that era. Scotty said, I'm, I'm just as great as Mike, right? He said, I'm just as great as Mike. I mean, you know, there's some, you know, he was great, right? Top 50 all time. You know what I'm saying? Like Mike, try, Scotty trying to set that book, maybe. Man, we get it. We get it. You're trying, you're trying to sell a book. 
All right, you got to create a buzz, whether it's negative publicity, positive publicity, whatever. Publicity sells, right? But, but come on, man. No, nah, it's not. You you taking it light. This is your this is your era, right? Man. Not only did Scotty say I'm just as great, right? Scotty said, look, you seen a million people play with with the flu ever since that damn flu game, but you ain't seen nobody play with back spasms like I had. Yeah, I didn't know he said that. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> like Scotty said, stop playing. But you, he, he you, had, you live that era though. Like, what's what is really going on between them two? Listen, man. You know, you've heard a thing called midlife crisis. <laughs> Listen, man. The man is going through a lot. You know what I'm saying? Evidently, there might be some money issues there. We've heard about, we've heard rumors about it. We don't know. And you know, we know there's some relationship issues there. With was it Larsa? No, nah, listen. I'm I'm talking about with Scotty and Mike. I'm, but I'm I'm <laughs> leading up to that, man. Like all this stuff can affect your your sense of reality. So you're telling me that future the reason why he going down this spiral? Man, it could be, man. Like he ain't been the same since. Yeah, you ain't been the same. You know what I'm saying? Scotty ain't never said anything like this publicly before. <laughs> and he got braids. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on, man. man that's. Um, hey, listen. listen. Hey, ever since uh, Future said, you know, he did what he did in the Gucci flip-flops, <laughs> Scotty ain't looked the same since. Yeah. Scotty on a world tour trying to tell us that uh, MJ ain't black Jesus. <laughs> man, MJ's black Jesus, white Jesus, blue Jesus, green Listen. Jesus, pink Jesus. Come on, man. Purple Jesus. Look, look. You, you just can't. Black cat. It's not even, it's not even close in terms of him and... and and Pippen, he, you know, of course, Pippen was a number five pick, um, a sleeper pick, you know. He did great. He, he had a great story on his own right coming out of Central Arkansas. For sure. Like, but, I, but once he got to the league, he had some moments where people were questioning him. And Mike took it upon himself to say, we're only going to go as far as Scotty helps us to go. And <laughs> took him under his wing and, and helped him grow, man. So you, you should never say anything negative about Mike. We don't even hear about Mike saying anything. The worst part is, is like Scotty, we got footage of everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we this ain't like Wilt nothing like Scotty. We literally we, we see this man, right? We see the Jordan logo. <laughs> we got all the highlights. We got all the footage. <laughs> we got everything. Like we we can, we see you, Scotty. <laughs> we see you, yeah. and that's just me. You saw it. You lived it. You watched the the uh, the the morning show the next day. You heard all the commentary. Like it was there. Like I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like I said, when you gotta <clears throat> when walls around you start crumbling. You know, sometimes uh, you get out of character. What walls are you talking about? I'm just like, you know, your, your family, significant other, finances behind you, so-called friends. Come on, man. You know, man. you start you start realizing that in your downtimes, like, who's really got my back? Man, listen. <laughs> Future, man. You did that man dirty. No, she did him dirty. <laughs> Future didn't do anything wrong. Scotty ain't been the same shit. Scotty said, I'm just as great as MJ. What a verse. Now, if he would have said, if he would have said, like, I feel like I don't get enough credit, that'd have been a different story. He, he, I think he did say something similar to that. Well, too. but you throw it all out the window when you say I'm just as good as MJ. 
He said, he said, matter of fact, he he thought he hit something profound too. He said, look, would Mike be just as be as great without me? Yep. <laughs> yep. Is yep. that it? Yep. Halas. Halas. <laughs> that's it. That's nothing. Come on, man. Man, no, nah, that's funny, bro. Um, okay. Scotty, you're gonna be all right, man. You great. We would read the book if you hadn't said nothing about MJ. Look, sure. we would love to hear Scotty book. We, we you got hear, stories? Because we want to hear a different perspective. Yeah. Of you know, of what went on during those times. Man, you from central Arkansas. Yeah. Whatever story you got is just as intriguing, man. Just yeah. We don't need you to say anything about MJ, though. Yep. You know. Um, so now we go into our next space. Um, I'm going to let you jump into this so I can get my thoughts together, right? Luke Walton. How is he still an NBA coach? <laughs> Let's just say uh, he's got good lineage. Um, got a good agent, uh, and you know he has <clears throat> he's done a good job of getting close to the right people. Mm. You know, and um, you know we've all we've seen in different different aspects of um our lives and in different careers, and where some people you just like, dang, how does that guy keep a job when someone else would have you know gotten the axe by now, but that person's got to end somewhere. And all you need is one person in a powerful uh, place to believe in you. And, you know, you have a longer leash than somebody else would. And, um, you know, the funny thing is because he's so young, he will get another shot if he were to get axed from Sacramento. He'd get another shot because he's so young, you know, and, um, and he can go in. You know, he's got the Golden State Warriors on his resume. And... You know, Lakers, and he, and he can go in and, you know, he can sell himself. You know, if you can't sell yourself, you know, you have a hard time getting jobs and keeping jobs. What does he do though? Like, why is he a coach? Period. Like, I, I I'm just sitting here looking like, well, what does Luke Walton do? Like, why do you bring Luke Walton onto a team? Well, guys like the great Kobe Bryant said he would be a good coach, you know? So you got that type of, you know, backing that 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 goes a long way, man. So if Kobe said it, other people probably said it, you know, and they see something in him, you know? <laughs> well, you're talking about what you could be. That's potential, right? But we've had years to see like actually look at look at what he's doing in Sacramento right now, right? right? The Aaron Fox is probably a, is definitely an all star level talent, transformative type of player. I mean, but we we barely pay any attention to him. Part of it is because Sacramento is a small market too. No, no, that no, no, cut that because Sacramento's been big time before. True, oh, I you dang. know I give him some love, but I'm saying I'm attributing a lot of it to him playing under. Luke Walton. Right. I mean, Marvin Bagley right now. I watched a video of him refusing to go in. And even when he didn't go in, I watched the reaction of his teammates and some of the assistant coaches. And I don't know the full story of why he didn't or anything, but you can tell when your teammates are looking at you like, yo, he's tripping. That wasn't the case with his teammate. 
You know, he sat down, his teammates were still dapping him up, talking to him, chilling. And then you hear Luke Walton say things like, you know, he got to just, you know, be ready to come and play, blah, 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 blah. But I remember watching Brandon Ingram struggle, Jordan Clarkson struggle, Julius Randle struggle, right? D'Lo struggle. Even Lonzo and those guys struggle under Luke Walton. When they got, I don't know what it is he got going on, but it's dangerous. Marvin Bagley's career is, is in his hands. And he's still there. De'Aaron Fox's career in his hands. Now, those guys got um, Rico Hines and those, you know, and, and Doug Christie there to be kind of in their ear and keeping them going. Right. And hopefully they're still getting their work in. But Luke Walton, man, he, needed, he should have been axed out and gone. How many years has he been there? Oh, this might be four. Mm. Three, three or four. It's got to be. It's yeah, three. how many years LeBron been in LA? Oh, this is like four. Okay, so he's been there three for sure. Three, yeah, because he, he was first year was with Luke, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Well, but Sacramento, um, as of late, has they've done some crazy things. Remember, man. Vlade Divac, the great Vlade, was a GM, and he man, Vlade was tripping. Yeah, some questionable <laughs> moves, man. Vlade was tripping. You know, so um, that's for sure. I don't know. Like I said, it's you know who you know. A lot of times, who you are, a lot of the times, and how you can sell yourself. That's uh, I'm just, yeah, you know how it is. Luke, terrible man. <laughs> we got, we got, you got to get find a way to get that clean. Like he need to go. You know, uh, when you look at stuff like Dwayne Casey getting fired from um, Toronto after winning Coach of the Year, right? You look at stuff like that, and then you watch somebody like Luke underachieve. And just go on the coattails of basically a well-oiled machine where all he had to do was just sit down in the driver's seat. The car was going to drive itself. And then, you know. Well, it's <clears throat> it's hard to adjust sometimes when you had the amount of success he had with Golden State was ridiculous. And so sometimes you think you can duplicate that style of play. But you don't have those type of players. Bro, who we fooling, though? Who we fooling? What? We everybody knew that that success that had jack shit to do with Luke Wong. Keep it a bean. No, but I'm saying, but <laughs> we don't know what he was thinking though. Yeah. He may have been thinking that's the way we're gonna play in LA. Well, I'm not even, you know, us as players, something we're delusional sometimes, right? Coaches have egos. Yeah. It's not his decision to hire himself. That's what I'm saying. Like, who you fooling? You had nothing to do with that success there. Like, you, I'm looking at it like, you just why said, you hire him? You just said you, you don't hire yourself. But people in those positions mm. sometimes get caught up in the hype and think that, oh, man, he was there when they had that type of success. He can bring that here and elevate us. They don't know. That's why we need basketball people. That's why Chuck be yelling at them analytics people all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now we're here. Somebody need to start a campaign for Luke, man, and get him out of there. You know, like I, if you want me to start it, I'll start it. Luke, get it together. And you ain't one of them that we worried about losing your livelihood and putting food on the table. <laughs> you, I, I watched you play with my leg show, so I know you good. You got it. You a Walton or two on top of that. Like it's time to, you know, bring in some new frontiers. But what's you know, right now is is a good time of the year. It was my favorite time of the year. You know, a few years ago, it was college basketball season. 
college basketball season is back. And unlike the last year and a half, two years, it's in full effect. You know, you can smell it. You know, I can feel it. Once the weather starts to change, it's a little colder, mm. right? It's like, yeah, it's that 6 a.m. go to practice with the sun still down. Uh, down. It's dark outside. Everybody got to bundle up. And then it's time to get those wins. And so it's going to be fun to watch this year. I don't know. I ain't staying up that late. I'm, you know, I'm gonna catch the reruns on YouTube. <laughs> but you know, but actually, a lot of those games we're gonna be able to catch because you know they got the holiday season games, and when they'll be playing those, it'll be like eleven o'clock here and all that other type of stuff. So, but it's gonna be fun because we got guys like Hunter Dickinson who we've watched grow up from a young sitting pup. on our bench. Yeah, from a young pup who is you know Naismith watch for Player of the Year. Um, straight from the DMV at Michigan. Uh, we got Imani Bates in Memphis, uh, and he reclassified up to go to school early because he's only 17 right now playing at Memphis. Him and another um, freshman came in and reclassified up. Um, you got Trevor Kills, and uh, I think his name is Paolo, a uh, guy from out of uh, Washington, I believe. Um, freshman, Killers. Trevor Kills is from the DMV. Killers at Duke, and I'm I'm a UNC fan, so I don't even like giving them the love like that. But it's gonna be fun to fun to watch, and we're definitely gonna cover it. We're gonna keep an eye on that because college basketball is when the game is still pure. It's when it's still love, like the atmosphere is still, you know, fan crazy. It's real intimate with stuff. You know, now that the business has gotten into it, you know, money is involved, but it's still nothing like those college games, right? Nothing like it. Yeah, that you can't duplicate um, the college campus environment on a you know a big Monday or something like that when it's a a rivalry within the league or um, just two powerhouse teams meeting up you know on national television. You know you just can't duplicate that man with students camping out on the you know on the on the grounds you know the night before trying to get tickets. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that energy, man. And that happens on every level too. Yep. Like we look at kids sometimes. They say they're gonna go play at a university. They say uni in the UK, and we like, man, like y'all missing out that British weather and that London weather. It's cold, gloomy. That basketball ain't the same, man. Whatever sports you're playing, different energy. You got to get a little glimpse of that. We're gonna try and share it. Um, Page and Fud. You know, Paige, Paige Brookers in UConn. She's partnered up with AC Fudd. Now, three, two, three years of that action there. Women's basketball is in for, whew. Now, you've seen Fudd play, and you've actually been around her for her development. What type of firepower is that? Um, man, UConn's had so many great players, but... This could be something like we've never seen before, man. Like, it's just, you're just talking about just walking buckets. Just walking. We're talking about shot is drip, handle on a, on a yo-yo. I mean, just those two together, man, that's going to be crazy. And they like each, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like they're family. They're cool, you know what I mean? So they, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Like, it's really going to be crazy. Yeah. It's, it's dope to see that Gino is still kicking it. It's still around because you know we taking college basketball on the men's side without Coach K, right? Yeah. Like it's Bayheim next. Like 
You know, we get him should have been gone, man. But you know, his son. Yeah, his and, son is still there. And you know? His son was getting busy too. Yeah, for yeah, sure. he, yeah, yeah, he was earning it. But you know, our greats are getting up out of there. Yeah, you know, so it's great to see Gino still kicking it. But another great to watch, Don Staley. You know, first of all, let's. That's that cash, because if you don't know, Don just got, Mrs. Don Staley just got that 22 mil extension. Well-deserved, maybe even underpaid, but she got it, you know, for that, what she does out there in South uh, South Carolina. Columbia, South Carolina. Man, one of a kind. Yep. One of a kind. She's got a, a powerhouse women's basketball team in a football school. Man. In a football state. Like, Man. It's crazy. That's gangster. Yeah. <laughs> That's gangster. But as I said, we'll we'll cover more college basketball um, as the season progresses. Um, just because we love it, it's pure, and it's something too for our uh, our youth here in Dubai that are paying attention for them to get into. Because um, you can relate, you know, they can relate. But one of the questions that we always have, and I have even more so now, is. Um, College athletics, you know, the, the the athletic directors, the unions around there, the coaches, um, do they do enough for college athletes to prepare them for post-graduate, post-college, post-athletics, right? And we're going to talk basketball specifically. And, and while we're talking, I want this to be put in perspective, you know, out of every High school basketball player in America over the is over a million, right? And um, that wants to go play college basketball, only four percent goes, right? That's like four percent of all high school basketball players that dream of playing in college basketball, and that's all levels combined. Only four percent go, right? And even smaller percentage of that stay all four years and graduate. And then an even smaller percentage actually gets to play that whole time, right? And then less than 1% go play professionally. So we got over a million kids, right? Only 1% of them, less than 1%. Will, and that's just men's basketball. To go, get a chance to make that basketball dream an income. <laughs> like their livelihood. So with that understanding, Right, going in as a head coach of a program um, where you're going to be leading young men, young women. Do colleges really prepare or do a good enough job to prepare all athletes, not just the ones who are the best players on the team, but they do a good enough job? I'm, I'm not going to put it all on the school or, or um, the coaching staff itself. It's a combination. I will say this, that there are a majority of schools that have things in place for the athletes to take advantage of. But that doesn't mean a damn if your coaching staff doesn't hold you accountable to push mm -hmm. you in the right direction. Um, just because you still, you're still a kid. You know, you may be 18, you know, you're old enough to go to war and things like that, but you're still a kid and you still need guidance. And typically if you, if you go to a particular college, you're there because that coach recruited you mm -hmm. and you feel comfortable with that coach. You like that coach or 
there's something in that school that that drove you there, whether your family went there, um, you got a buddy that went there and, and, and then brought it to your attention. Um, you know, rarely do we go somewhere just because it's the, you know, it's the only offer we have. You always search around, you know. Um, and so when you have those jobs, especially the major, the major, co- major college coaches that get the big bucks, once you sign on the dotted line, you got your bread. Mm-hmm. So what's stopping you from being the person that you probably started out as where you were just coaching for the purity of the game? It's not all about just wins and losses. Yeah. Is it a tough job? Yes. Is it a um, short-term job if you don't get it done? Yes. But the stakes are a little different now. Now you can sign a five-year deal and you got generational money, hmm. generational wealth. So. Why not do the best job that you can for the individuals that are on your school, uh, on your team? Because you sat in somebody's living room and you spoke to their parents and said, hey, I'm going to take care of your kid. Your kid is going to have the best path forward in life being under our tutelage. And so <clears throat> you got to you got to hold strong to that word. Hmm. And your staff has the, you know, to be that way. And you have the resources nowadays right. to get it done. and. Um, you know, too often, you know, we get guys that heavily recruit a kid. And once that kid signs, and that kid's on campus, you know, you may see coach 5% of the time. You can't, you can't survive like that, man. Man. And you talk about the recruiting part, right? I mean, there's so many different aspects of what you said that we're going to talk about. But the recruiting part, how much time that you sat in my living room with my mom in my small apartment. And let's keep it let's keep it real. All of us who are playing basketball, right? They look like us. Right. Generally first generation college kids. Oh, parents, sure. I'm definitely first right, generation. First generation college kids. Our parents didn't go for whatever other reason. Yeah. The the situation of college is so much different. Even from when you went to college, to me, the whole situation was different. Sure. Right. The what you risk in is different. Parents don't really know. But you came in here, right? I'm underprivileged, you know, I'm being told by everybody that college is what I need to give myself an opportunity. Right. And you come in here selling it, putting on a show in my living room, right? Putting on a show saying, we're going to take care of you. We understand. You see what we come through. You know, Kyler Perry pulls up in the hood at his kids' places, right? And he he already says, I'm going to make sure you get taken care of. Because he's looking right at there, right at what you're living at. One bedroom, three people living in there, five well, people. And well, and then you still, when I get to campus, right, it's different. Energy's different. And knowing a, a, that. A guy like Calipari is a little different because he, he went through. Because he understands that I'm set. Yeah. My I'm my family's fed. Right. And I'm 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 coaching a dream. I'm do I got my dream job. I'm coaching college basketball. And I'm well paid for it. And he come from humble beginnings too. Yeah, he worked very. He worked his ass yeah, off. Yeah, very humble beginnings. Um, but he understands that. What else am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm supposed to help you better yourself. Mm-hmm. And for him, he, you know, he said it publicly. It's not for everybody. not getting a four year degree right away. If you have the the potential to go to the NBA, let's go there. But we're gonna make sure you come back and get your degree. But Man. He's he's helping kids live their dreams, man, and and you know he's not holding them back. Now he coaches you hard for sure, 
You know, Devin Booker came off the bench. Right. You know, so and that's on and that's on a big scale, right? Okay. And even on a small scale of D three, D one, low D one, whatever else, when we have those moments to where and you were able to see this, right? This is because you understood what it meant to actually be a coach, right? I've I've been around to where I've seen head coaches or programs be afraid of dealing with a kid who come from who came from a background where it wasn't a stable home, right? <laughs> to where that kid may have had a great week or a month of practice, but right now he's thinking it up. And it's not because he's not focused, but his mom just got locked up. And he's the oldest of all the siblings, right? And he's at college and he's kind of feeling a little guilty because he can't be there to help with his siblings now, right? Or he got three hot three meals in a cot to sleep in at school, but his family is back there struggling, right? And and nobody he don't know who to trust, who to talk to, but you sold it to his parents that you're gonna take care of him. But now you're kind of shying away from that part of building that individual. Right. Or you see a kid that, you know, he's not used to somebody actually, you know, being on campus at a PWI generally, it's a whole different space for a lot of us. Right. You need to explain that to some people, especially our listeners here. They yeah. may not know what that means. So a PWI is a predominantly white institution. Right. And majority of those colleges are predominantly white. So where, where we went to school, we'll probably see all a bunch of different people playing at the games and coming to support us. But if you go from the hood and then go to a school that's preppy, you know, it's it's waterfalls on campus It's different. And everybody is saying hi and interacting different. You're out of your element. It's uncomfortable. And now your coach is wondering why you're not playing well. And they just throw you to the side. Yep. Right. Like all of those little things matter because now you forgot about me. You left me to the side because I wasn't producing number wise for you. So if you can't get anything out of me, you don't care about me as a person. So now I'm stuck as a kid, right? Trying to figure out how to deal with these emotions. Feel like every step from here on now is going to dictate my future. And I don't know what to do. Yeah. And You know, and people, there's a misconception thinking that just because, uh, you're a black coach, you have a better rapport with black players. That's not necessarily true um, because you can be from a completely different background. You can look completely different. The, whole, the, the only thing you have to really focus on is just being there, okay. being, being able to communicate. I mean, and you don't have to communicate the same way um, because you can't, you shouldn't talk the way your players talk. Right. That's not how you talk, mm -hmm. you know, but just talk to them ask them what's, you know, what's going on with them. Be there to listen to them sometimes. And they just need to know that they can come talk to coach about anything. Because mm -hmm. if your door, if you don't have an open door policy, I mean, shit, you're not a coach. I'm right, sorry. right, exactly. And then, you know, like I said, shying away from that. Like I've, I've seen, and even in your recruiting, right? Like I know right now college is a business. It always has been, right? But now it's just to the forefront, right? where people want to get enrollment up. So you got people that'll be recruiting kids to go to D3 schools, D2 schools, and don't even really have an intention of keeping those kids on the, on the team, but cutting them, right? Or, you know, stringing them along while they're on campus because after a while you can't get your refund on yeah. your money. And, and especially as freshmen. Yeah. Well, it's really not so much for the enrollment in terms of the coaches recruiting so many kids in that, on those levels. It's, it's called a safety net. Well, you know, I, I know from my, I know from like experience sitting in some some meetings, at I won't say the exact school, but 
they they for sure were telling them, look, we want to get our enrollment up. So we want you guys to recruit more. We right. want you yeah, guys to have the, 25. Right. But that's the institution telling the coach. I'm, yeah. saying, I'm saying the coaches themselves. Right. You have some coaches who go out and recruit, say, you know, you're going to hold 15 on your roster. Right. You have some coaches purposely recruit 18 to 19 because they you say, you know go. what? I need a safety net because um, he may not make it past the first semester. Right. Um, he has legal situation right now where, 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 you know, that we don't know what is going to unfold. Mm -hmm. So I have 18, 19 players. So if something happens, I know I'll have 15. But they keep them a part of the program, though. Some. Right? Some. Well, I'm saying as a freshman, right, <clears throat> where you bring you in, drag you in, knowing that you have. And part of this is just character, right? If I know that it's a possibility that I can't get you here, and I don't want to waste your time because, again, you got to look at the situation of these kids. As you said, once you sign on the dotted line, you straight, yep. right? You bring your kid in who, regardless of what the truth may be, basketball or whatever sport, is their outlet. They may feel like they have some type of chance to do something with that. You bring them in, making them feel like they have this chance with a dream, and you know the answers to that already, but you just keep stringing them along, right? Some character issues there, what I'm saying, right? And then I know of one place where they did that, and then two two weeks after, in the middle of the year, they called the school that they were rivaling with and said, hey, she's available now. But, like, she's already enrolled, right? Took out the loans for a more expensive school, right? It's, <laughs> it's messed up. I didn't, I didn't say they weren't scumbags. Yeah, big time. Scumbags. Yeah. I, I'll say it um, because, you know, <clears throat> Once you put a kid in that situation where they can't go anywhere without your permission, your release, um, you know, how do you sleep at night? Because right. you know, there's two things they always say. Um, one, to be a college coach, you got to drive around the United States, travel the globe in search of the next best 15, 16, 17-year-old, right? So... So you're letting a teenager dictate your life. That's, that's the way it goes. But on the flip side of that is, once you get that kid, you control his or her life for the next 10 years. 10 years. And the reason I say that yeah, is because- Yeah, I'm going to say, talk about that, how impactful a coach can be, good or bad. Some of the lessons that you, you learn from your coaches is not things that they lectured you on. Mm -hmm. It's what you see. Mm -hmm. It's the daily actions that they have, that they go about, where you pick up things where you're like, because you'll see yourself, it's, like, it's almost like your parents. As you get older, you start to see yourself do things. You're like, man, my mom used to do that. You know what I'm saying? But it's like the same thing with your coach, especially um, in our cases, like minorities case. Uh, you know, you're a minority, you have um, a coach, a male figure, and, it's, you know, it's a, your, your sport of choice and it's something that you really are passionate about. So everything that this person says, you hang on to every word like it's the gospel. So you find out really quickly, excuse my French, if he's full of shit or not. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> once you find out that he is full of BS, then your whole outlook on college life changes. You don't trust nothing anymore. You don't trust anybody. You start to be a little more re rebellious and, and that could hurt you in the long run more than it hurt him or the program. But for that coach, they have to understand that what I'm inst instilling in this kid right now are life lessons that this kid is going to 
have the next 10 years of his life. And when I say the next 10 years, I'm talking about like immediate impact on your life. Of course, things will carry on beyond that. But I'm just saying the next 10 years, 10 years of life, because, you know, if you have a dream of playing professionally, you have a dream of uh, possibly, you know, trying to finish your degree, because we all know that sometimes the the athletic schedule is so heavy that some, some everybody can't graduate in four years. Yeah. Some people need that five years. Some people need six. But you just never know what happens between the course of you signing and and by the time your eligibility is running out, that you know you may you may need an extra push here and there. Mm-hmm. And um, you know you got to find somebody who's willing to give you that mm-hmm. because you know those next ten years could be rough, man. You know so many college kids who don't play play um, college athletics get out of school. I got my degree. I'm ready to conquer the world. And you realize, man, I'm making the same amount of money as this. I'm making 5,000 more than this person per year, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like the, you know, the real world reality slaps you in the face that, dang, it ain't as sweet as I thought it was going to be. So now what do you have to fall on, you know, fall back on, you know, do you have a good foundation of somebody who taught you, uh, you know, good, you know, daily principles to live by, you know, things to get you through rough times, you know, um, or are you going to, are you going to fold under pressure and, um, you know, look for, you know, a handout, right. you know, so, you know, these college coaches, man, very influential yeah. high school coaches too. Yeah. And th- this is, that leads me into the space to where <clears throat> it's like, do you understand what it means to be a coach right. for everybody out there? That's, that's a coach. Like this, the same way when we're, we're doing business, and somebody's asking me about something and then they come to me and say, so have you done the market research? Do you understand the demographic that you're trying to appeal to? Do you understand it? So when you get into the coaching world and you get into basketball specifically where it's a certain demographic of kids that are going there, right? Regardless of if you're going with, you're getting that blue blood talent or if you got the guys that are work in progress, Generally, they're all coming from the same places. Do you understand as a coach what it is your job really is, right? And how there is no nine to five clock in, clock out hour for it. And if you do that, it's a disservice, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just watching. I'm, and I'm speaking from a perspective of a, a kid who's seen every type of coach possible, the one that was gives you any and everything. The one to where you realize, oh, he's full of shit, like you said, and it's and and it, and it makes it hard for you to trust. Mm-hmm. And I understand how that affects your development as a player, <clears throat> right? And then the way you trust and interact with other adults from there. So when you right now, if you're talking to that those that next crop of of coaches, what are you telling them to understand what it really means to be a coach? Number one thing is... Um, yeah, that's your camera right there. Go ahead. We'll get you a solo for this one. Shut up, man. <laughs> Number one thing is knowing what your limitations are in terms of sacrifice. Because, um, you know, to be the best coach you can be, you have to sacrifice a lot. And a lot of times, the people who suffer the most will be your family, your friends. Just because you will see yourself in certain situations where you have to do a little bit more for others in terms of having the success that you want just because your success won't be just wins and losses. Your success will be did number 11 that played for me two years ago, did he graduate from college? You know, did number 
Did number 10 go on to be a successful businessman? Did number 15 go on and get a chance to play professionally? You know, did these kids get a chance? Not saying that they will achieve all their goals, but did they get a chance, an opportunity to to live their dreams? You know, are they productive citizens in the community? Mm-hmm. You know, are they representative of who you are as a person, your character, your work ethic? You know, are they somebody that you would bring back to your team and and have them around your players? You know, that's the type of community you want to build. And you can only do that by sacrifice. I'm sorry. Mm. You know, you can be the greatest X's and O's guy in the world. You can be the best CEO. You can manage this man. But if you can't deal with p- different types of people mm-hmm. and you're not willing to to get to, to know them, understand them, and be willing to do on to them as you would want somebody to do on to you, you you may be successful because, you know, there are some exceptions, of course, but we're just talking about in general. Right. You know, um, and, you know, all the grassroots coaches, you know, if you're coaching grassroots basketball, it's like this. Nowadays, because things have changed from when I was younger. Then <clears throat> it was my AAU coach found me by saying, I knew you screwed up two years in high school and you got kicked off the team for grades. But I heard you were a pretty good player. But the word also was that you would never amount to anything because you're not consistent, you're not disciplined, you know, and uh, you don't take things seriously. He says, but I see something in you and I want to get you and all the other kids that were forgotten Mm. And I want to give you guys another chance. Mm. You know, now I, he says, he, he says, you know, he used to say, uh, doctor, you know, I ain't, I ain't taking no shit now. Mm. Whatever. If, if I tell you to go left, you go left as fast yeah. as you can. And, um, this guy would drive all the way from Atlanta to my house, two hours away, pick me up. And then on the way back, we'll scoop up four or five other dudes and stay at his crib for, you know, a week, week and a half at a time, play all the top teams sleeping on his floor, you know, eating his food and everything. And he gave everything that he had to us for nothing. Mm. But at the end of the day, his community that he built was two, 300 players deep, Mm. you know, going over, you know, decades where everybody, you know, Coach Williams, man, that's Mm. my guy. That's Mm. my, you know, everybody had good things to say about him. Every college coach in America knew him and trusted him. Mm-hmm. You know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't sell them a, you know, a, a pipe dream. And so he understood that if I truly love this game, I got to give something to the game if I want to get something back, you know, and I, and I don't expect anything back because it is a joy for me to be a part of the game. Right. So if you're not willing to sacrifice, yeah. you know, you're not going to be that great. And, and you, you mentioned it all the time to where, you know, people are flawed. Right. So you being a coach or whatever, nobody's expecting you to be Superman or a superhero. Everybody is flawed. Even some of our greatest humans, as people right. say, sure. are flawed. But just understand that you're holding a responsibility, right? That's that's heavy. Heavier than a win or a loss. Right. You're molding young men and young women. Some who don't have the mentorship opportunity that you're giving and may never have it. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is their one time to get those things right. So that's why we loved um, 
our 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 boy for um was in the Netflix joint we watched. Um man. Oh, the guy in California. Yeah. Oh, I, forgot, I forgot his name. Yeah. I love right? him. Right? And it's why we loved him because of the energy that he put in. How much energy he put into those guys that yep. gave second chances. And yep. all of them were able to go play college and do things. But he gave more. He gave more, right? And you know, ten years from now, five years from now, when he's getting invites to weddings, when he's when he's um asked to come to shows and everything where they're doing different things, that's when he'll realize, like, yeah, this is where it is. So for me, everybody who's taking, you know, that title and and saying they're gonna coach and they're gonna be in a space, like understand and and take it with pride, be accountable. The work that you have to put in to build youth, to build young men, to build young women, so that they can affect the generation after them. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I wear it with a great um, a sense of pride, man. It's like a badge of honor to to have fifteen other people and managers be representative of who I am. Man, I I I feel like I've you know I've already won. Right, you know. Right. So with that being said, I don't think college coaches and athletics are doing enough of their part. And it's like we have the resources, so that's like us checking the box to say, "Hey, it's there. If they want it, they can use it." Right. But I'm not gonna put no extra work right. for it just so you guys don't say anything to me about it. But at every level, they're not really making it a point to say, "Look, let's go work through some resume stuff." Right. For those hours that you're putting in at the gym, let's go do some things here so you can also have some things prepared just in, thing, in case things don't go right this way. A lot of us are left to figure that out on their own. Yeah. Right. Like I'm blessed to have if I wanted to coach basketball, I got the bookends that can help me push into that space. Right. Between you, Uncle Roe, Coach King, I mean, Coach Thomas, Coach Jones. I got this space, yeah, that's Morello. Like I got, I got this space to where I call my guys and I'm like, I want to coach. Show me the ropes. I can do that, right? But everybody doesn't have that, right? right? So when when you don't have that and when you don't have anybody pushing you into a place to where if basketball doesn't work, what can I do? How do I do it? Because basketball becomes our identity, <laughs> right, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you know, you become like, oh, that's the hooper. That's the, that's the guy, you know. You got a certain walk, you got different things. So when the when the air is out and it's done, and like you said, the real world is real. <laughs> it's real, man. Like and and that that right there is not going to be your safe haven, <clears throat> and nobody prepared you for that. And as a man, you got to take care of things. Like where we gonna go? So you gonna coach? Understand that responsibility, right? And and take it with with a sense of pride, like the OG said. Um. You know, now what, what <laughs> coaching, right? It is that one part with managing personalities, molding young men, right? When we talk about basketball, right? Talking about wins and losses, great players get you wins, great players get you wins, right? And we've been around on many of coaches, many of teams that have had great players. And, you know, we call them front runners. When they're at the top, when you got your three-headed monster, when you got your KD, Steph, Clay, you know, you all talk. You high horse, right? But what about those teams that don't have great players or those coaches that lose those great players 
and now they're struggling. Right. And it's a little bit different. Talk about how you, what you've seen from those situations from guys that, you know, when they had great players, they were at the forefront, it, you know, chest poked out, you know, they're talking crazy. They, they letting the pressure run a little extra long. You know, they, they got their things set up nicely for the press, talking real good for the paper. But when they don't have those dogs, you know, it's a little quiet over there. Yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> When you got a monster squad and you know you got a monster squad, that as a as a true coach, as a purist of the game, that's when you're the most quiet. Mm -hmm. You let your let your team, let your play, you know, do the talking for you. You don't have to go out and promote anybody because everybody knows they're good. Um, everybody knows that guy's a future pro. <clears throat> um, and you <clears throat> you you recognize your strengths and weaknesses. You have a monster squad. Is it because you, you're a hell of a recruiter? Um, you got a great staff. Um, you worked really hard. You got a great work ethic. Um, or is it a situation where your babies grew up and it's their mm. turn? You know, but are you going to have that same energy when you're down? Mm -hmm. And so the thing is, you know, I've seen some guys, um, we've all seen it. Um, when you're down, now, now they're not so quick to play anybody. Now they're not as they're not as talkative, you know. And now it's everybody else's fault, you right. know. Now you know, no, this kid just can't play. So well, you recruited him, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. So it's like, you know, are you willing to take the time to try to make them better? Mm. You know, um, the way you start the season with a down year with a down year. Um, should not be the way you end the season. You should be able to sh see growth throughout the year. And if you don't do that, then that means you're just you're just uh, waiting on the next group to come in and right. and praying that they can just get it done instantly. Right. And so uh, you know, it's it says a lot about your character. Right. You know, you're basically saying, you know what, uh, I'm gonna save my energy on this. Right. You know, and um, so just get through the year. Obviously, right, the difference between a team that had great players and the year after is that talent level is different, right? right? So that's a clear difference. But now that you're here, I imagine that a coach that, you know, was really serious about his craft, they may relish the moment to show, all right, this is what I can do. Right? So what is it that comes about? <laughs> what is it that's shown when a, when a coach that had a great team the year before with great players doesn't have those great players anymore. What does that next season show about them? What changes coaching wise? What becomes the focus from your perspective? What changed? Because you've had to do that. Well, it's just, pro and so what becomes the focus <coughs> now? You know, it it just your focus is. What do I do to make the current personnel I have successful? And like for example, if you have a mob squad, um, and you know you got a bunch of athletes, you can. Uh, run and jump the whole game. You press and keep it up tempo. But if you don't have those athletes, now you got to slow the game down and get, you know, get it muddy in there, get it dirty, you know. And, you know, you win now with a little bit more X's and O's, a little more grit and, um, you know, high IQ. Mm -hmm. So n now, it's, now your approach is what do we do to, to scheme better? Mm. What do we do to enhance what my current players can do to elevate their level just a little bit more 
to be successful? What can I do to build their confidence? What can I do to galvanize this team to not live off what we did in the past and create our own destiny? Mm-hmm. So you got to really pay attention to detail with that. What are those things, though? So, like, what specifically can you pull from? Because you got the experience for that. Can you pull from to say, my coaching style was had to be like this for end game. Like I had to go this way because you can put you can put that in you know a visual to where the year before I had these guys scoring juggernaut. This year I didn't. But I mean, like I said, it that. just depends on your personnel. If, if you want to talk about experience, and uh, I think I may know what you're talking about. Oh, no, period. Even you know, pro, college, whatever. Anything. You know, if you have a team that can't put the ball in the hole, mm-hmm. you know, you got to emphasize not turning the ball over, controlling the pace, and getting stops. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got a team that. You got um you went from having a team that is real high IQ to a team that um a little bit more inexperienced. So now you know you gotta dumb it down just a little bit more and give them a little bit more freedom to play through their mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on exactly what you have. You know, you may have <clears throat> you may go from a great rebounding team to a team that struggles with rebounding. Mm-hmm. So what do you do now? Now you 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 emphasize gang rebounding, all five guys in the paint rebounding. You know, now we talk about like <clears throat> choking off the ball a little bit more now because um, we don't have the size in the interior to that mean? protect the rim. Choking off the ball means basically like <clears throat> cutting head off the snake. Okay. You know, um, who's their best ball handler? You know, who's the who's the guy that makes them go? Mm-hmm. This guy over here may be <clears throat> the best scorer, but who's the general on the floor? Mm. who's the guy that we can disrupt and slow down a little bit that's going to disrupt their whole offense? Because if we can disrupt him a little bit, then we'll keep him from getting as many touches. Mm -hmm. And the other guys won't be able to feed off the head in terms of being successful. So it just depends on, you know, your whole philosophy changes according to what you have coming through the door. You know, that's why you talk about on the high school level, private school, you can go out and get the kids you want. Right. Public school, whatever right. comes to the door, you got to deal with it, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to be able to change on the fly. Right. You know, you may, I mean, your philosophy may be, you know, um, coaching a particular way for the past five or six years, but you got to throw that out the window if you're trying to win and do right by those kids. You know, you got to coach them accordingly. Right. So you know, that's on court. Of course, you're probably using timeouts more. You know, try managing the time on the court more. You heard well, us say slow the game. Down. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta like be more specific with that because I don't think people understand the actual use of timeouts and and how like I remember um, I had a, a coach telling an OG telling me a story about how he was watching somebody who who was really really good at player development but wanted to eventually become a coach and thought he could coach and was kind of carrying himself like that and he was watching him play and him run the team and realized that he went into the fourth quarter last two minutes with all his timeouts and he hadn't used one timeout and they 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 had lost a 15 point lead and ended up losing the game and he ended the game with all of his timeouts and then he was like at that moment I was like oh oh shit so and so can't coach that's not true you know the reason I say it is because everybody has a different philosophy because some I know some guys who are very very successful who don't burn their timeouts that way. You know, because here's the one thing, it's all, how can I say it? There's always a case where if something doesn't work, somebody says, oh, see, you should have done this because that's what that's what everybody else does. That's not necessarily the case. The guys who are 
um, the the trendsetters, so to speak, in the coaching community are often guys who are 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 willing to take risks. Right. So you know the thing is when you get ready to take that risk, if it's something that you truly believe in, something that you've gotten your team to buy into, and something that you've worked on, you've practiced, then it can work. But you have to coach what's in here. If you're coaching because someone in the stands or someone in the administration is telling you to coach a certain way, you won't be able to get it done because you don't feel as though it's right. Well, I understand that. But this specifically is he was asked later after talking to him, he was like, yo, you know, you had timeouts to use. He says, a timeout? I, what at all? Like he not he wasn't aware <laughs> he wasn't aware at the time I was period he was looking right. around like oh well, like see, it wasn't like I I want them to work through it I want them to learn through it I want it wasn't in that type of situation it was like in game everybody can do skill development but you know watching the ebbs and flow of the games well, understanding if, what my well, team if he didn't is, call timeout he didn't know that he had I mean that's one that's a fault on him two it's a fault on his staff yeah and three it's a fault on like whoever the leaders of the team were. Right. Now, you know, because I know I've been in a situation where I started out in a game or two on the professional level and we were just we were just BSing out there. Right. And I was like, man, you know what? I am not wasting my time. Mm-hmm. My breath. We're going to get this game over. We're going to get out of here. Because I said, because no matter what I say, if you ain't going to, yeah. if you ain't going to play hard, it doesn't matter. It's like prep school you level know? two. Nice and so, you know, someone was saying to me, you know, like, you know, why didn't you call a timeout? I said, I didn't give them the, I didn't want to give them the answer because I didn't want to throw anybody under the bus because, you know, that's your squad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I said, I let it roll. Mm-hmm. It wasn't our night. I mean, no matter what we did, it wasn't our night. Yeah. You know, and then so <clears throat> as we went on through the season, of course, when you start to get certain guys that um, understand kind of what you want to do, then that's a little different. Then, you know, then you, you know, you use timeouts and things like that to mm-hmm. manage the clock and stuff. But mm-hmm. it just depends on your team because I know I've seen people where a situation where everybody else will call a timeout and this this particular person had a rapport with his players and they had an understanding of, nah, we ain't calling timeout on this. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to catch him off guard. We're getting a quick one on this. So it just depends on, you know, um, you know, the coach and your team, but I, that particular situation you're talking about, yeah. that's somebody who just completely, they're oblivious to what yeah. is going on at all. And and that's what I'm saying. So people talk about going into coaching. We talked about off the court coaching. You got to understand you're building, you know, you're mentoring, you're building youth and making them into adults, right? Well, on the court, people think, you know, it's just subbing. It's just subbing, yelling, getting them hyped up you know, making these adjustments here when you really got to have a, a great feel of tempo, right? The pace. When when the scales is, are being tipped too far over to one side and you don't have that one player that can calm the storm for you guys and you got to throw in a wrinkle here. Or if you don't have to call a timeout, but you can call from the bench, hey, it's time to pull out blue six. Right. Right. And I don't I don't think people get time to really sit down and see like, oh, this is how this goes. Like, how do I build up to get to this space? Right. I don't think Luke Walton did that shit. <laughs> there you go. Kill get him out of here, man. Because, you know, those are some of the philosophy stuff. I mean, 
I've never really sat down with you and talked about philosophy with things. We, you just know that I, I pay so much attention to basketball, period, on my own. That's how it goes. But if somebody's talking about I want to be a coach, and we, we gave them the breakdown of how it is off the court or on the court. Like, what is it that they have to keep in mind when it's time in between the lines and this jump ball? What are you doing while you're sitting there? Just from your perspective and what you've learned. Well, I'm sitting as the, as the coach. The head coach. And you're the guy from what you've learned from Fang, from who you've played for, and what you use now to where it's like, all right, this is my style of play. You know, I, I've been asked that question so many times in interviews, and I hate that question. Only from, mm -hmm. from my standpoint is because I don't have a particular style of play because I coach according to what I got. Mm -hmm. You know, he said, but, yeah, he said it all the time. I, I like you can't be confined to one way. Like you know, for example, there's you know some people we know that are super successful coaching one style of play, right, right. but they're able to recruit those types of players. I've never had that luxury. Well, let me give so you this I, question then. Go ahead. Where do you think you thrive the best in? Right. If it's if you get that that luxury to where you can pick where it is that you want to go with your system, where do you strive the best? I think I strive best when I have if I have a lot of talent in terms of people that can make plays. Because I'm 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 the type I like to give players freedom. And, you know, I like people to to, you know, play through their mistakes sometimes. And um and just feel comfortable, but you know, of course, play within the realm of of what you know we're trying to do as a team. But I like guys who we can we can coach on the fly and we can change up at a moment's notice. You know, I like um, players that are how can I say very versatile. Like for me, I'd rather have I'd rather have five guys on the floor that could play, you know, three or four positions than have a traditional point traditional five. I, I like to mix it up just because mm -hmm. um, I feel like I can do more. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I always like to just, I like to ha have everything free flowing because I feel as though I shouldn't have to come down. I shouldn't have to tell you each time to come down what play we're going to run. I shouldn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You should be able to, based on what we've gone over in scouting report, based on what how we practice, you should be able to see what we need to run and who needs to touch the ball. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a um, a roster together of 12 players from the league, right? And I'm going to, you know, show it to you on air and let you tell me what you what, what will be your philosophy with this group, offense and defense, and then we'll shuffle through to see how that'll go. You we'll know I'm going to be a little biased though, right? No, I'm going to pick the players. No, no, I'm saying like, because, you know, today's players, like, there's a lot of guys who, are supposed to be versatile, yeah. But they take their versatility too far. Yeah. Like here, here's your scale of versatility. <laughs> Show them they roll. One is here scale of one meaning less versatility, ten meaning you know a lot of versatility. Yeah. And some people think they're over here. No, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. You could be here and still be very effective. Yeah. That, you know, just because you're six your seven, six seven, you know, two twenty, you got bounce and you can handle a little bit. That mean you should be shooting from the logo. Right, right, or or running pick and roll, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's facts. And you know, sometimes you get into, but we're gonna get back to that because that'll be interesting to see. You know, kind of how you build a philosophy on the go. But when you talk about somebody playing outside of their role, you know, uh, that frustrates um, coaches. But your teammates can feel it too. 
Oh, for sure. You know, there's been several moments of teams that I've been around or played against to where, you know, we've heard stories of, you know, coach can't get the message to you that you playing a little while, but we're going to get it to you. <laughs> we're going to sit, we're going to sit down and we're going to figure this out. Mano y mano. You know, I, you, you coined the term locker room justice, <laughs> locker room justice. You know, that happens several different ways, you know, you know, I've I've been one to be honest with teammates, you know, and, and you know, even in prep school, we had our own little scraps in practice and stuff like that. But, you know, sometimes that's the best way to solve things. If you locker room dresses, I'll let you give, you know, the people a little insight and visual on what that is. Well, locker room justice is uh I gotta say it, it's a, a situation where as a coaching staff, you allow the team to take account, holding someone accountable, you know, um, themselves as, as a team, as a group, because, you know, there, there probably has been some consequences or something that were brought upon the team as a whole based on one or two individuals. And we all know that's not fair, but life's not fair. You're a part of a team. So, you know, knowing that, knowing the personality of your coach, you know, knowing that your coach may be old school or your coach may be new school, whatever, you know how far you can go. And, you know, you have to take moments where um, little pockets of time where you can take matters in your own hands and, and set somebody straight. Because if nine people are going this way and one person is going this way and there's a problem with the, the big dog, which is the coach, you guys got to get this guy straight or either – <laughs> he, either, he either straightens up or he gets out. That's just about bottom line. I'm not saying, you know, do anything crazy, but you got to set the tone in the locker room so that person knows that whatever I do out here on the court mm -hmm. for all to see, I'm safe. This is my safe space. I get in that locker room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I ain't so safe, so I listen, need to tighten up a little bit. Man, listen. Man. What was what's, what's interesting is like, it's several ways that can happen, right? It's several things that happen within that. Because locker room justice also means that, you know, um, something happened, and before it gets to coach, you guys solve the issue first. Yeah. And, you know, and you just tell coach, look, we got to solve. You just tell the people this. And I'm thinking of something specific, right? Because there's a bunch of different <laughs> things that happen. But I remember my senior year of college, right? Um, my senior year of college, we had a team that had like like nine freshmen, right? It was nine freshmen, then like six of us seniors, right? And then like a couple, you know, sophomores in between. And so, you know, that right there, a big age gap, big maturity gap, a bunch of different things. So we are, we're, we're, we're slated to be top four in our conference and all this other stuff. Um, around this time, maybe like, it might be around this time right here. So I'm I'm living off campus now, you know. I got an apartment off campus. Me and my guy James, we got apartments. We we big see time, it. we see now. So you know we we coming we coming on the campus for practice. It's different, right? We got cars and everything. So what we always did was we let our apartment be the place where everybody can come kick it. So if anybody was gonna do anything wild or whatever, like at least we'll be right there, so we we stay out of trouble because we know how to navigate the town. Like where to go, where not to go. And our apartment was just in the cut enough to where we nobody get in trouble for anything, right? And so we always tell people, look, we got the car. If y'all y'all too drunk or whatever, call us. 
if there's some issues with stuff, call us, right? So this particular night, you know, we old now. We we washed. We don't really, we don't really do nothing. They don't excite us to go out. So we chilling. We going to bed because we got to practice in the morning early. And we get, I get a call like 1 a.m., right? And my, my man, Skull, hit me from, from Richmond. Skull went to uh, Virginia Union and then transferred to uh, EMU. And um, he, he went to Highland Springs and all that, too. That's my dog. Program. That's my dog. He hit me. He's like, yo, y'all got to come get me. And, and Skull don't really, you know, when Skull call, I'm like. Hold on, what's his name? Sal, Marcel. Like we call him Skull, though. Skull, though. No, Skull. Like S-C-O. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, Skull. Skull. I'm like, that's Skull. Right? And so, uh, right, he's a rapper. I played him for you Monday night. Shout out to Monday night. You know, he get busy. So he called, he's like, yo. So immediately I'm like, we got to get ready to scrap. Something happened. He's like, yo, I'm at the bus stop. So-and-so outside of there, yo, yo, come get me. And I'm like, what's going on? So I go wake up James. I'm like, bro, we got to go hit us. We got to go make a move. And we both get up because we like, if he hit us, something wrong, right? So we go pick him up, you know, get in the car. He's like, yo, these young mother, it's crazy. I said, what was you talking about? He said, you know, one of the freshmen, one of the sophomores got into like a, a fight over somebody's girlfriend on the team and ended up punching some glass, breaking a hand, wilding out, going crazy. The girl go crazy and everything. So he's like, what? You know, we got a couple of players on the team. Everybody drunk, under, a couple of them underage drunk. They walking down the hills. And you know, you can't just be walking around a college city just drunk, like blood hanging out and everything. Be like, what you mean? So we pick up Skull and somebody go get somebody else. I'm like, yo, what happened? So we got an early morning practice the next morning, <laughs> right? So one of the freshman kid come in there. They, we on the same team, so you can't hide from each other. So we like... He got, he got his hand wrapped. One kid over there sitting in the corner. And I'm like, man, when we go out here for practice, we ain't going to be able to hide this energy. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, y'all sit right here. So I go out, talk to our coach. I'm like, look, this is the situation. This is what happened. I said, we're going to handle it in-house. All right? We're going to handle it in-house. You just tell the people that blah, 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 blah happened. He looked at me, he said, you make sure that shit handled. <laughs> if we're arguing over the girls, it's not going to happen. So we get in there, we hash it out. We like, look, y'all don't have to like each other. We don't care. But what In this locker room, we don't fight over women. We, You know what I'm saying? If you stay off guard and that's his, it goes, we, we good. We're going to go out here. I told coach, this is what happened. Y'all are good. Y'all probably got to do some running or something. If anybody asks, y'all this and that or whatever. But this is a wrap right here but I was like man one time we woke up it's blood everywhere glass broken we like yo like all the same team scrappers man over some over a woman I was like yeah we gotta fall but Kirby um, Kirby was like look y'all handle it if you say it's handled I'm gonna let you take care of it cause if I gotta do it you know tell him what we gonna get into <laughs> and I'm like yeah we not having none of that happen you know but you know, we get a little lucky sometimes. I mean, I know you probably had some wilder ones. No, I was pretty, you know, pretty reserved. Shut up, man. Yeah. You're alive, man. Yeah. Pretty reserved. <laughs> no, nah, man, but that was a tough one. But um, you know, that that concludes today's episode. Uh 
It was a solid one again. You know, we we making our way. Uh, shout out to all the people that were engaging with us, um, you know, sharing our content. People were saying that they were enjoying the stories and the info we were sharing. Uh, we appreciate that. You know, more of that is coming. Uh, more opportunities soon for people to come ask questions, you know, pick the brain of the basketball mind here and just talk your shit, right? Um, but as always, you know, post-game wrap-up. You know, episode four, wrapping it up. What you got for us? Um, you know, let me. I want to keep it basketball again. This again, you know, since we are hoop out in Dubai, um, you know, this is for our players since we just had a big tournament this past Friday, and you know, we had a lot of individuals who were, you know, upset for several hours after the tournament, uh, rightfully so because you put a lot of work in, you get emotional, and you you want to win, you get disappointed when you don't win, and so. Sometimes, you know, we all, um, we handle, you know, things a little differently. And so, you know, this is for you guys that, you know, weren't as successful, but I want you to understand this from the words of the great too short, get in where you fit in, know what you can do and try to do it as best you can. Whatever's, whatever you can do to help your team be successful, that's what you do. Um, for those of our players and and you know and friends and 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 you know other people that have been around us before at different on different levels, you know, do whatever is best for you to get on the floor to play. Don't worry about the other stuff. That will take care of itself. Get on the floor first and stay on the floor as long as you can. And that's by doing the little things that you know that you can take care of. You know, the other stuff that looks good, you know, as somebody asked you the other day, um, coach, can you show me a step back three? Remember that? And, mm. you know, this person, you know, is, is struggling to make a layup right now. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. let's let's work on the things that, you know, we can um, improve on, you know, um, at a faster pace and and build our confidence and um, and just do what we do for right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, the other stuff will come. Right. Exactly. I, what I have to say, I think, correlates there as well. Um, don't worry about the acknowledgement or the credit. Pay your dues, you know. Um, put your work in. What's for you is gonna come. You know, you you can never cheat the grind. It it may not come when you think it's gonna come or when you think it should come, but just keep you know keep your head steady, keep going, keep working. But don't worry about the acknowledgement or the credit, because even for the ones that you think are getting the shine for that, if they're not putting that work in, it's gonna crumble. It's gonna fall. So you just keep steady, keep working, pay all of your dues, and it's going to come your way. You know, don't worry about anybody else giving you, you know, the shine that you need. You're going to get yours. You know, just keep going. Um, you know how we ended out uh, episode four, bridging the gap. You know, if you're in Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB, HoopMountain.ae, uh, bridging the gap, baby, TikTok, Instagram. Facebook, we there, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, all those. Check us out. Lock in. Peace.